A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Turkish. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Turkish. (laughs) doing hello turkish we've got to start the show i just thought them <laughs> a whole new world ladies and gentlemen welcome to the ramble on football ramble daily watford were gubbed sheffield united got a great win and manchester united made roy Keane sad came here for a shootout you're not going to be disappointed it's the ramblers heads up it's the ramblers you do sound like the guy who actually did it people thought it was you it wasn't Mm. you but you sound like him that's why they thought it was you our our show plays games with people's minds because a lot Mm. of people are convinced Mm -hmm. that peter um, sings the Going for Gold theme tune. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and yet they've heard me sing on other jingles yeah. and that is empirically impossible. Yeah, it would be impossible. Uh, yeah. Somebody, well, actually, somebody know, actually emails in saying, uh, I'm convinced that Pete sings the email jingle. Yeah, I'm involved. Yeah. <laughs> sings it's is... not a professional singer. Is Sings generous? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah very no, he does, so. he does sing. Like it. It. It's, a, it's a duet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ow. A bit more of that. We'll hear I about feel good. Ow. Ow. No, no, <laughs> we'll hear it a few times later on, I expect, anyway. Mm-hmm. Lot, to get, <laughs> lot to get through today. Yeah, busy. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll start with Manchester City's gubbing of Watford. Is it even a gubbing? I think it's beyond a gubbing, isn't it? Can, well, a, four, like... can a £400 million team be a, like a borgy team for somebody? Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. they are very good. Watford are a bit... I just can't get you out of my head. They're having like instant flashbacks. Yeah. Don't go back to her. 
Don't go back to her, Steve. Mm. Yeah, I mean, she'll what? only break your heart again. Oh, she has. <laughs> Easy to forget that Watford had a chance to draw level at one all. Yes, well, it yeah. is. Yeah. The real, it is. real turning point was Possibly yeah. the easiest of things to forget. <laughs> but it took... It took God, them... he only mentioned it in the post-match press. <laughs> or, the, or the interview. He went, well, they had a chance or two to, to equalise at one all. Um, obviously, after that, I think we kicked on. But, yeah. <laughs> they had a chance to equalise at around about 45 minutes in, but they would have had to have scored four goals before that. So, <laughs> um, And Kike Sanchez-Flores, I reckon, probably did that thing all week yeah. where he really heavily lent on the idea that they need to get over the FA Cup final psychologically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he did that thing where he's saying, don't think about a naked man <laughs> right, don't okay. think about a naked woman and yeah. you think about it yeah. and he's, he's, what he's done is he's implanted a gubbing mm-hmm. into their heads no, the whole yeah, week yeah. and mm. they've just they've just essentially you know they've just essentially lived out that visualisation they've, they've pictured themselves naked haven't they yeah. is what's happened yeah <laughs> well it should be them yeah you know Wayne Rooney used to apparently ask the kit man to put his kit out mm. early, early in the morning before a game mm. and he would go down into the dressing room on his own and look at the kit so he could visualise what he'd be wearing and, mm. and what he would do, and that would be part of his psychological kind of preparation. Mm. I wonder if Kike Sanchez-Flores has made them visualise a absolute battering. Yeah. Do you think he made them watch the FA Cup final again and go, right, this is what you did wrong, this is what's yeah, going on, yeah. and they've thought, well, it can't be worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, does it make you sad? Yes, it does. That's exactly what does I was going to Does it make you say. sad for the Premier League overall? You, you can't be too sanctimonious because we didn't say that when, like you know, when Spurs beat Wigan nine-one, for example. But I think that's when, different, isn't it? Uh, well, I mean, the, the fact that Wigan scored. But it's, 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 it's different, Jim. It's different if you think that that was just a total outlier, a total anomaly. Yes. But if you think that Marcus, perhaps I don't want to put words in your mouth, Marcus, but you you think that this is a trend that's happening more and more, then it could make you sad about the league, right? Uh, yes, that. Well, so what you meant? Uh, that's more concise. <laughs> okay, right, so okay. Thank you very much for that. I'm <laughs> glad they didn't equal that record. That's it's Spurs and Man United hold it jointly, don't they? No, right? Manchester right, United. Nine, was it nine one or nine nil when they beat Ipswich? Ipswich. It was nine nil. Right. Okay. Yeah. So right. of course Spurs scored the extra goal, but it was an eight goal yes. margin. So, but I, I I like that City haven't broken that purely because you you don't want it to be a sort of kind of a, a moneyed team um, that that holds all of the records. You know, I know what like you mean. If every Premier League record was was held by modern yeah. Man City, I mean they've got most of the important ones. Well, quite <laughs> exactly, yeah. So at least yeah. there's a few remaining. Chris yeah. Chris Kirkland, I interviewed him for Ramble oh, Meets, yeah, right. and he was in goal when Spurs beat Wig, uh, Wigan yeah. by that margin. Was he? Uh, yeah. Well, and he's he, well, he, he argued. He seriously <laughs> argued. Said to be honest, like, it could have been a lot worse. Well, I, yeah. I was a lot worse. I was at Stamford Bridge when Chelsea beat Aston Villa eight 0 and I think it was Brad Guzan in goal. He genuinely had a good game. Yeah, yeah. Like he made a number of saves. Well, Ben Foster as well said it could have been twelve, didn't he? Yeah. And he's right. There were a lot of good chances, and so many of City's goals seem to come in the six-yard box. They just pin them in so mm. so deeply that it was well, proper like stop hitting yourself, wasn't oh, it? Yeah, I would also argue that if you are five nil down after eighteen minutes, well. the goalkeeper might be at fault here and there. Yeah. But if they are having that le- level and volume of chances that early in the game. It's not just a keeper. Yeah. What do you think of that old sort of, uh, uh, you know, sort of perceived wisdom or whatever with wisdom, but the feeling in football where once you've kind of gone five nil up or something, you know, there's no need to score many goals. I remember when, sorry, Jim, when Manchester United beat Arsenal was eight two. It was. And Ferg- even Ferguson seemed slightly embarrassed after, he did, and yeah. he said, "There's no need to, to." There was. He said something to the effect of, "There's no need to do that to Arsenal." You know, once you go. Few I, I, or, or something like that, and uh, but on the other hand, 
How tight was it last season? Goal difference might come into it. Well, quite, yeah. I think that's that's something that's absolutely going to be taken into account as well. And that City, I mean, they were trying to score as many as possible, weren't yeah. they? But that is a, that is a you sign can't blame of a team them. that actually love playing the game and, yeah. and, and love um, the, the sort of attacking style that, they, that they've got. So, I mean, I don't think you really hold it against them. I think it depends on how you conduct yourself. I think you, you have a responsibility mm. to play as well as you can. Or and entertain win your fans. It, yeah, and win, win as well as you can. But you can conduct yourself in a manner which doesn't show yourself to be disrespectful to the opposition. Yes. Man City are far better than Watford. Everyone knows that. You know, it, you know when... Um, Martin Keown jumped in Ruud van Nistelrooy's face when he missed that penalty. <laughs> Jim, you, do you remember that? You could, you, you could, <laughs> celeb- you could celebrate it. goals by going up to the goalkeeper and do that. You might get a book in or whatever, mm-hmm. but you could do that. Clearly, the way to do it is to be as efficient as you can and play as well as you can. And as you said, Marcus, to entertain your fans, you pay hard-earned money to go and watch. Um, but you don't have to gloat. Did, did anyone really criticise it? I don't think so, Marcus. I think you're just bringing it up as like a conversational right. point. Yeah. It has been brought up. Most recently, it was the brought US up. Women's team. That's right. Correct, yeah. against Thailand, yeah. Mm. yeah. But then that wasn't a... These are two teams in the same division type thing. I mean, a Watford, World Cup, you could and easily, it's a World Cup. Yeah, you could different. easily say that Watford should be absolutely ashamed of themselves for yeah. not applying themselves. But then it's easy for us to say, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, ben, um, the goalkeeper. Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Oh, he, sorry. Has he been so thoroughly embarrassed? Yeah, 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 yeah sorry. I was about to say Ben Foster and myself. You have been the image of him is disappearing yeah. in your mind. <laughs> Forgive me that. When he was talking about it in um, the interview after the game, I mean, he sort of did chuckle at one point. Now, I, I don't want to sort of start Having a go, I suppose it's kind of laugh or cry. Didn't get booked, did he? He you hate that. <laughs> well, a few people tweeted me about that. I think they got two bookings. They did. But Femenia that, and uh, Delafeu got booked. I mean, I suppose the only thing I would say is that 5-0 down after 18 minutes. But I, th- I think the penalty, I think in those situations, you're so far away from the goal. It's not even a penalty for me. <laughs> yeah. I know it's not a goal-scoring opportunity. <laughs> I, I just, for, for what, for, I don't know, I mean... It's fair to say that the new manager bounce didn't last very long, isn't it? No, and, and, and also some of the literature around literature, some of the <laughs> some of the some of the writing around Flores' appointment is that oh yeah, he's well known to be able to set up a team defensively. Yeah, but this is this is a Man City team that yeah. is possibly you know certainly in the conversation as being among the best in yeah. Europe, and yeah. it's, it's tough. And there's also I think there is a psychological hangover from the FA Cup final. Mm. Like I think even when when they gave away the penalty, I think it was perhaps uh, Decore. You could see on his face there was a sense of. Not quite panic, but almost a fear. Like, well, but, like oh God, is this going to happen again? Yeah. And it, you, we see this thing in football so often, that sense that you know the inevitable is coming and it seems to take over the narrative mm. of what's happening on the pitch. And it, it just very much looked like that was the case. Well, Ben Foster said that the, the walls came up and he just looked at his defenders and they just looked... They, they didn't look shocked or confused. They just looked, oh God. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's ashen fist. Get through it. Yeah, I mean, for, for me though, you know, they're obviously a number of goals down at half-time. You have to show a bit more in the second half. Like you have to do something, and and they just didn't. And I'll be honest with you, when I when I talk about the bookings and all that kind of stuff, I'm not saying go out and hurt someone. Obviously, but if someone goes past you, like put in a chat and do something to try and galvanise your team. Because if you're five nil down or whatever it was, six nil at half time, and uh, you go into the second, of course the game's gone for crying out loud. Mm. But but if you lose, just you don't concede or maybe even you nick one or something like that you can you can take a positive but the fact is it was the same from start to finish that is so demoralizing mm. and so hard to pick yourself up from the the next week the fans are thinking what on earth and now Watford are uh, you, you you thinking are they in a relegation scrap? You know they haven't been relegation uh, a relegation type team for for a little while now relatively speaking so Oh, do you think, do you yes, think it's such a depressing situation for Watford, really? Do you think rehiring an old manager sort of breaks this cycle of their 
strange recruitment policy actually working. It's like the well, we'll the see. magic is gone. Yeah, you wonder whether they took took a lot of backlash mm-hmm. from City losing last week. Well, I think I think that's, oh, yeah, that's yeah. refocused the minds. That's repurposed them. Mm-hmm. Guardiola then has an excuse to say, "Look, this is not good enough." Yes, because it can become pretty repetitive and monotonous I expect when you just win all the time yeah. I know they were pegged back by Spurs they, they dominated them in that game I suppose, that was just but, one of those ones yeah but that, now they've now yeah. they've kind of it's almost a bit like they're a wounded tiger and yeah. they're lashing out and that, that is the sign of a good team isn't it if, if they have a bad result then someone a, a little way down the line is getting a battering and yeah. I think you're yeah. absolutely right that's, I think, that's a fact I think too. it's an important message that Manchester City put out there I mean Liverpool have started the season so well yeah. winning all their games Manchester City when Norwich beat them and a slightly depleted Norwich side newly promoted the last thing Guardiola wants is for his team to become, like we've said with, with say, Arsenal or, or perhaps Spurs now, is is when a bigger side goes, you think, oh, hang on a minute, we can get something here. Yeah, yeah. You want to be turning... You, you, Guardiola wants teams to think, oh, bloody hell, we've got Man City. Let's hope we don't lose by that much. Or let's hope we can just nick something or whatever. That's what you want. And, and so to lose against Norwich like they did, it, it sends shockwaves through the league and other smaller teams go, hang on a minute... We, they, they can be got at and especially the way Liverpool have started so to basically go right that is a complete freak of nature Pff, there we go have a bit of that rest of the league and yeah. nobody as if they did want to go to the Etihad uh, the last I feel, I feel bad um, continually talking about it for Watford fans shall we move on <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. it's a good idea two yeah, wounded animals that mean two very different things they've had a terrible start of the season um, we interviewed Will Hughes lovely man yeah, yeah, I just yeah. don't want to feel like I'm dancing all over the, uh, the, the the ruins of their start for the season no do you want to stir up a hornet's nest etc, no etc. exactly Marcus yeah. uh, alright then let's uh, let's talk about Leicester City uh, it was a great game full of spice yeah. and incident mm. lovely win for, for Brendy Rogers, of course look you talked about it as being a lunchtime treat on the, the previous was. show last week it certainly was wasn't it it was and uh, um, how do I start talking about this without getting into VAR? VAR. Um, <laughs> why why are we not allowed to inter- talk about VAR? I don't, I don't, why was everyone, just, every, every single person in the media sort of said, we're not talking about VAR, it's here and you can't help it. But it's like, it is ruining a lot of football, yeah. though, isn't it? <laughs> for us, though, isn't it? For us, it's a balance, I think, between addressing the, clearly what is one of the biggest issues of our time in football, but also not mm. boring the shit out mm. of our listeners. Yeah. Um, but some would argue we've been doing that for years anyway. Mm. So, But, but I, I think there's some interesting points about Spurs here. I think that if you take into account that they're in a bit of a bit of a funny situation at the moment, there's some interesting reasons for it. I think anyway. Mm-hmm. One is that this game they they didn't get. I don't think they got back from Greece till quite late Thursday morning. Yeah, uh, well, quite early. Well, I'm surprised morning, that they were scheduled to play. Yeah, Saturday. so that was a bit of a shame. Early. They've got players in the last year of their contract mm-hmm. who some of whom have said you know publicly I'd like to move on and that hasn't mm-hmm. happened. Um, and I think that's creating a bit of a heady brew really and um, the amount of times they've been pegged back already this season is yeah. crazy like that. I mean it happened against Olympiacos happened against Arsenal it's happened now against Leicester and we're only in September it's a big challenge for, for, for Pochettino mm. to, to bring them up and and, um, and, and and sort of react to that to it I thought Ndombele was so bad against Olympiacos and yet, and yet, because of the situation they find themselves in with injuries, with tiredness, I mean, Ali wasn't even in the squad. Hugo Lloris, of course, was absent because his mm. wife gave birth, so he wasn't there, so the first choice keeper wasn't there. There are mitigating circumstances. Yeah. And I thought Ndombele sort of applied himself fairly well in parts against Leicester. <clears throat> Obviously, he got subbed off, but he was so bad midweek, but they don't really have any option other than to play him. Mm. So they, you can sort of see... In, in in it sort of lays bare the job that overall Pochettino's done in a really, in a really good way. Um, but... Leicester, when when they when they fancy it and when they're at it, they're good. Mm. And this VAR thing, to me, I'll try and do it as succinctly as I can. Everyone says it's offside or it isn't. That's it. 
you know, Graham Sunessa at the weekend, <clears throat> you can't be a little bit pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not, right? Probably quite a weird way of putting it. But <laughs> He's just about with Richard Keyes. I think, I, think I think we all understand the point. But something that's not been discussed, something that's not been discussed is the build-up cut-off. Mm. When do you cut it off? Because the build-up for, dis- for the disallowed yeah. goal at the yeah. Chelsea game mm-hmm. and disallowed goal in this game, I think yep. it was the Oreo goal, mm-hmm. the cut-off is arbitrary based on what the guy in Stockley Park thinks. Yes. And that means it isn't consistent. So the one thing we've yeah. been told we're going to get, yeah. yep. we're not getting, they have to come up with a consistent way of saying when the phase of play starts. Yeah. And it's different every goal sure. because well, every goal is different. Well, I was going to yeah. say this actually, the Chelsea thing, but I'll say it now. In that... Uh, uh, the, which, which the Aspilicueta goal was it at Chelsea? Yeah, it was chalked yeah. off, or the non-goal, of course. Yeah, I think a Liverpool defender actually cuts in and and knocks the ball, so it almost like breaks up the move. Now, if yeah. you're talking about phases of play from a free kick coming in, but actually the ball's played, but then the defender heads it back in. It almost like they talk about phases of play. Do you remember all mm. that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. they sort of break it up. <clears throat> well, there, the the offside decision was given before that phase of play if you see what I mean started you, this is it you get into this very is it, of... is it not a situation where they should just you know a 30 second cut off and that's just the way it is but also I think the, that, but that the 30 seconds is fucking mad mm. that's mad well, no but okay so say if you had 5-10 <clears throat> seconds whatever some arbitrary number that would still cause yeah. problems well it's interesting because this one the the, the um, Serge Aurier goal is that I think this is the tightest one we've seen I, I mean, think even, even looking at it, it it doesn't look conclusive but we're talking it, about like Atoms, um, but well, so, 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 so the system was brought in to um, not a uh, to back up referees, but not undermine their decisions. A referee couldn't make those decisions, or a yeah. linesman couldn't make that decision because it's too fast. And, and like Suna says, all right, fair play, you're either off or you're done. But the technology is not fit for purpose. There no. must be a system that provides a, uh, a decision immediately, yeah. or if immediately, not, or if not, a system that can do that compromises around it like mm. the, the benefit of the doubt goes with the attacker or, or some chase the offside but again you just patching it you just patching but they, it like but they, would say, they would say there's no, there's no doubt you think? because there is no doubt in their in their, in their, in their mind in that system in, yeah there's no doubt yeah I suppose but so but the, the, the cut off I mean I know you just said 30 seconds is just like a random time so I'm not holding it, holding it against you but to put it in perspective I think that Serge Aurier one was nine seconds. All right, well, ten seconds. And, we'll do, we'll... But that felt like miles before. Mm, yeah. It was the through ball yeah. before about five other mm. passes. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just I'm just throwing numbers there. But there needs to be some kind of. Um, but what system. they did a few years ago, Pete, more than a few years ago now, you guys obviously know this, is they they changed it so if you're not interfering with play, you're not offside. So in some of these incidents, there are players standing offside, mm-hmm. but they're not ruled mm. to be offside mm-hmm. because they're not interfering with play. Mm. Maybe they have to go down a road where they say. Anyone offside. Well, that's what it well, used to be back in the day. Yeah, either that or they say it's only for the assist. Yeah. Right. But then that, that makes the whole game well, completely I, I different. Say, yeah. like, I, I feel like um, we could always just go back to what we had before. People used 92% to say, of decisions were correct before. People, people <laughs> 97% of offside. No, it's not enough. Yeah. People not used enough. to say that um, it would even itself out over a season. So maybe in this instance, if a team has had a goal ruled out for, for offside, yes. you, like, you just get a free one. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> like, you can drop at any point yeah, true. in the season. If it's, would... if it's if, you know, if, if people look back and go, actually, you know what, maybe that is a little bit hard. Play a free hit. You, you just get a sort of ace card. Um, it's all just a big shame. What about Harry Kane's goal? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it looked like one of those FIFA bugs. You know, yeah. I mean, you see it in slow motion. It's like, why is he walking like that? It's just, it was, what, a, what a goal. Oh, so really that's, gonna, that's one of my favourite goals of the season cause it, just because mm. it's so weird. Yeah, yeah I know very what you different, mean. Yeah. The presence of mind to still want to shoot despite knowing in the back of his mind mm-hmm. he could have got a pen. Yeah, absolutely. Probably legitimately. Yeah. I, I enjoyed James Madison's goal more though. Beauty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit more of a traditionalist. Perhaps. I think he would have done a bit better with that one. Mm, it was a, it was a decent hit. It was a decent the, hit. The general rule, I think, with those kind of questions is 
where the, what part of the net does the ball hit? Right, okay. It looked the, quite and, far and the, the way corner. it sort of yeah. went round the defender was. Yeah. I think Gazaniga is a good keeper, by the way. But yeah. I, I think that was a beauty of a goal, well, well worth a win. But yeah, I mean, after that goal was chalked off for Spurs, suddenly Leicester thought, "Hang on a minute here," and that's the thing with these VAR decisions. Mm. Um, and and they came roaring back. Now, would the game have been killed off at two 0 Possibly, we'll never know. I, I just with Pochettino, I just going back to uh, Pochettino and Spurs. Like he he frees out players for poor performances, and he mm-hmm. did mid midweek coming at this game. Um, but the problem is with the contract structure at Spurs, you mm-hmm. do sort of think that the player power is a little like the dials turned up a little bit at Spurs, so mm-hmm. they do have a little bit more say about what they what they're going to move on to and stuff mm-hmm. because their, their wages aren't competitive and it's all on a bonus structure and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you do worry that Poch. If he loses at the dressing room, he might just be disinterested by the whole project and go, oh, these guys I'm dealing with are absolute tools. Well, there's, see there's, later. there's rumours, <laughs> isn't it? But you compare him to Brendan Rodgers, who's having a bloody lovely yeah. time. He can't believe he's lucky. I, I feel like maybe because Spurs have, have effectively moved up a level in terms of their status in the mm-hmm. last three or four seasons. And I wonder if I wonder if that's began to stagnate a little bit. Maybe. You know, if, if people have sussed them out a little bit and they themselves are thinking, well, we're very unlikely to win the league. Mm-hmm we're kind of used to getting into uh-huh. the Champions League. Maybe they're not as motivated as they've been in the past because they've always had that sort of surprise package feel and it feels well, like this season that's dropped off. Where's, where's Eric Dyer in all this? Like, why is he's he warm in the bench. He can't stay fit. But what mm-hmm. you just said there, Jim, is that sometimes that can happen with a club who, let's be honest, overachieve by getting to a Champions mm. League final and you think, is, is that as good as it gets? Now, if they win the final... There's something to defend. Then you go, hang on a minute, we've stepped yeah. up a level kind of thing. You lose the final to... In quite tepid circumstances as well. Pe- yeah, it was a, yeah it, was a, it was a sort of a funny evening, wasn't it? You lose the final and, you, and there is an element of... It's, it can't get any better than that, can it? I think you've also got to take into account, by the way, guys, that <clears throat> Mauricio Pochettino is currently the fifth longest serving manager in England. Yeah. He's been there a long time. Mm. Well, he certainly, has. I, I'm, it's probably I too, think Jim was hinting at that. It's, it's too early to say this. Now... But it wouldn't be... He won't be the first manager to have managed a club for over five years and go, right, that's me, because mm, I've... Because yeah. he's revolutionised the club. He's seen them through a very interesting period. As you alluded to, Marcus, he's set them up in a way that now means that they are a team who, who are feared and who are one of the very best teams in the country. They've gone into a new stadium, etc., etc. I don't think it would be the most controversial thing ever if he said, right, I'm off for a new <laughs> challenge now. No. Only um, Sean Dyche, Eddie Howe, Gareth Ainsworth at Wickham and Jim Bentley at Morecambe have served longer than him. Mm. And and three of those haven't served that much longer. Well, earlier. it shocked the Celtic fans when Brendan Rodgers left. Mm. But their loss is Leicester's gain. So we're going to talk about Leicester now, gentlemen, because the, the noises that are coming out from the club of Madison as well, they really fancy it this season. The, the way they're talking and the way Rodgers will be setting them up, they'll be wanting to grab, say, fourth spot, something like that, will they not? And at the moment, yeah, they've had a couple of you'd say unlucky results. They were unlucky to lose against Manchester United. And when they come away, we'll talk about Man United in a bit, but when, when, when they come away from that game, they felt like, bloody hell, we're better than them. Mm. And there's a feeling around that club that we haven't really seen since that season with Ranieri, I would argue. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think it's probably going to end in quite the same fashion as that one. No, but I but, said full um, spot, perhaps. But um, I, no, I think you're right, because, I mean, you know, the idea of a top six is a bit of a, a fairly new one and a strange one, yeah. isn't it? And obviously six doesn't go into four. <laughs> uh, and I think Arsenal and Man United certainly look vulnerable within that. Chelsea as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... And yeah, Wolves Leicester are not playing well. Absolutely. Everton? Leicester will absolutely be looking at getting into that hen house and murdering everything. <laughs> I think based on the Those first... foxes. <clears throat> based on the first six games of the season, they've got to be looking... They've got to be aiming for third. 
Third. Well, who else is better mm. than them? Who else is who else is? If West, no, 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 West no, no, Ham no. are saying no, they're in for a I top four finish. Look, I'm not doubting it. <laughs> I'm reinforcing it. I like yeah. it. A big I, opinion. I think they'll f- they'll fall away a bit, but they will certainly be looking at being in the conversation. They don't have the squad, perhaps in the, the, fourth. the other sides have. Yeah, but that said, I think Brendan Rodgers is enjoying a slightly more talented squad than, he's, yes. than he had in in his last uh, post. So uh, there is that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think Ben Rogers deserves all the plaudits that he's getting. Like these, you know, do you know? when it comes to. Well, I, I think they'll fall away, like Jim says. Well, yeah, but, they, but, but they haven't though. They've started the season very well. Rogers has got to take. In. But I'm looking into the future. It's only just begun. Marcus. Ah, I forget that you can do that. Yeah. Um, and if you'd apply that for our fourth score, that would be great. Um, but <laughs> yeah. but uh, and give me some of that as well. Uh, I loved when Rogers smiling the double point to James Madison when yeah. he scored because he <laughs> talked up Madison so no, much. But this is the thing, isn't it? This is why Re- Brendan Rogers gets a lot of plaudits. He, he gives them to himself quite often, doesn't he? <laughs> no, he's pointing at Madison there. Yeah, but he's going, look, I told you you were great. That's a win for me. No, <laughs> I, I don't know, Jim. I think you've been a bit The only person who likes Madison more than Rogers is Madison. Let's make that yeah. very clear. Well, <laughs> the, the comments he made about Madison going into the weekend were very strange. He was asked about <clears throat> whether Madison could leave. Uh-huh. And Rogers said in the lead up to the game, oh, we're not thinking about that, but... If the offer came in that the club was thought was acceptable, then we would discuss it, which I thought was a very strange. He, thing to he's say. a little bit too honest. I think, I think so. Yeah, with with some of his comments, because you can understand when when they sold Maguire, and I think Roger said, "Look, it's a huge amount of money. It's Manchester United. You know, you sort of can't really blame him." <clears throat> um, but of course, they had uh, Soyuncu. I think it's pronounced the Turkish uh, mm. centre half, who's who's come through, and he's been on Leicester's books for a little bit now. He's been great, and he's been brilliant. And so Rogers will be aware that that player can step in there, and a, a huge amount of money for Maguire. I get that, but you're right, Luke, to say that about Madison's quite strange. But but Madison himself, and Southgate was in the crowd, of course. And the way Madison's playing, if he continues his development, I mean, will will will. Southgate for England? Is there any space for him? Well, will he have to... But will he accommodate him? Will will he try Mm. and put him in one of those two more sort of, as as often described, sort of shuttler positions? Or will he play a a two behind Madison in front? I I don't think Southgate would be there if he wasn't considering that. We've we've seen from from the way he approaches um, management that he is open to to doing different things and Mm -hmm. thinking in a quite dynamic way. So I'm surprised we haven't seen it yet, but I, I think it's... Just seems a matter of time. Do you not think, this, him in that role do you not think Southgate likes those kind of like solid individuals? He doesn't like any one player thinking mm. he's the, the bee's knees and stuff. And Madison is that player who uh, excels because he's got a really high opinion of himself. And There's it, been and, talk and that he's been tricky in part in the past. Well, Madison, <clears throat> yeah. But, well, what we, but Southgate knows him. Southgate's worked with him before. But the way you answer that question, Mark, is you look at the players that are in the current squad mm-hmm. who are playing a similar position to him or a different, a similar type of attacking position and <clears> wonder whether they're in better form than him. Mm-hmm. And it's quite hard to make a, an argument that, say that any of them are. with the exception of Sterling, I mean, he's not going to lose his place realistically. No. Um, there's a, there, should be a, there should be a place for him at least in the squad because... I know. I don't think he was in the most recent squad. Was he Jesse Lingard? I think he's injured, isn't he? Or he was injured at the time. Well, he, he came on against West Ham, of course. That's yeah. right. Um, I mean, you can't argue that Jesse Lingard's a better player than James Madison. I know they're slightly different players, mm. but they play in attacking roles for mm. a national side and they are therefore competing against each other depending on the system. Yeah. You couldn't make an argument that Lingard's better than Madison. No. But if he's in that squad, then... He'll be doing it for the supporters, okay? Okay. Um, let's move on to Everton, uh, Sheffield United. Another great result for the Blades on the mm. road. It's their first away win this season. Intriguing because a lot of people saying Sheffield United were great, blah, 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 blah. It was a great result, no doubt about that. But Chris Wilder said he was happy with the performance in the previous match when they lost. And he felt that it was actually their poorest 
performance of the season. Now, I don't yeah. know whether there's an element of mind games going yeah, on there. it feels that way, doesn't it? Because, I mean, you know, they, they dug in a lot and, and they, they, I think they only have one shot on target despite winning 2-0. There's some weird... Well, yeah, because like uh, the first goal was an own goal. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, I kind of like that. But, I mean, surely you should praise the defensive display. Well, but, I, th- I think you have to. I mean, it'd be nice to see Phil Jagielka come on, yeah, of course. And get and get that reception as well. Uh, yeah. But, a, sorry. A, sorry, I was going to say, a lot has been made of how Marco Silva's Everton haven't once come from behind to win, no. which is a real problem, isn't it? He's been there long enough that you would you would expect that to have happened at one point and I, I think like it, he's under a bit of pressure now oh he is like that they should not be losing games like this I mean all the talk from c- coming out of Everton at the start of the season was about a, a push for the top six or you know at least certainly being the best of the rest and they look just so far off that well the goodwill's there isn't it I think everybody wants Everton to kind of kick on yeah. a little bit but they're just not p- p- performing at all that, what's that three losses three already? losses in four yeah I mean if you look at the, the two sides that, that faced off at Goodison every Everton player at some point, and some are still currently, they're international players. Mm. They all play and have played for their country. But against Sheffield United, you know, I, I understand they've been sort of, you know, try to kind of blast their way through and so on. But they, they've lost. They've lost two 0 to a newly promoted side, and it's not yeah. the first time they've lost a newly promoted side this season. They were poor against Bournemouth. They haven't faced a top six side yet. It doesn't look good for them. It, it really doesn't. They have. I mean, a couple of things to put up on the, the old Sheffield United thing. Um, Pep Guardiola always says that as well. He always says, he says in press conferences quite a lot, oh, you guys always focus on the result, whereas I always look for the performance. I always look for the, I know the results can change, it can mm. vary on day to day, but what I'm looking for is consistency of performance in my team. Yeah. And if, if and I, th- I guess what Chris Wilder says there is, look, if we go and we get a 2-0 win away from home, that's brilliant, but we don't play very well, mm. that's probably a better indicator of where we are as a, mm. as a group. It's quite a high-minded way of looking at football, I think. I think Wilder said it in a less pompous way, though. Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, than me or Pep. <laughs> Both. I'll let the listener but, decide. But on the Everton thing, um, I think there's two main points from where I'm from the outside looking in from where I'm sitting. One is that I don't think he knows what his best team is. He doesn't know what his best midfield is. There was an, a massive cry for... Um, uh, on 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 the radio show I did last week, people were Everton fans were texting and tweeting saying we want Tom Davis to play in midfield mm. with Delph. He played with Schneidlin mm-hmm. the week before. He played with Schneidlin. <gasps> he's played with Gomez and Delph. He's played with Gomez mm-hmm. and Schneidlin. I think maybe going back a few weeks against and they, maybe when they got beaten by Aston Villa away mm-hmm. from home, possibly. Um, so he doesn't know what that is. Secondly, Everton fans are some of the most demanding in the country. I think we understand that, particularly at home. They want to see their team win and they want to see their team play well. I kind of wonder if Marco Silva is the guy who's going to deliver them that football and I think they're also a team as you rightly pointed out they've got they're full of international players yeah. but they're far lower than the sum of their parts well that's that's the worry for me and but, I, and I that's think that's a sign of a bad situation much so, but isn't yeah. that why Evan because uh, that gets leveled at a lot of teams like oh, you know the, 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 the sports are very demanding and stuff but like if you've got those players why aren't you playing some decent football? Yeah, yeah. Why aren't you putting in performances? He's not getting a tune. Every time, like Moise yeah. Kian would seem to be the only player at times were, that was like into, uh, you know, breaking a team down. But every time uh, he got the ball, Sheffield United players were just on him, oh, they, on him, yeah. on him. Their commitment yeah. to the cause. Absolutely, and their, yeah. their, it was, it was John Egan, Egan, Egan epitomised. Egan, Egan, sorry, yeah. epitomised. But, but you're right, Pete. At, that's at that's home, the difference though. with Sheffield United. Just way more full blooded, way more even, into the match. Even with their apparent poor performance, they know the jobs. Yeah, they've got the structure. They show some bloody enthusiasm. At home, though, Everton should have enough for that. I don't think it's unreasonable of Everton fans mm. to expect better yeah, than yeah. they're seeing at the moment. No, absolutely mm. right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a break and then talk about more Premier League. You should celebrate yourself every day. 
But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to the Ramble on Football Ramble Daily, everybody. Yeah, I bet way for to score update. Jim Campbell, you started off like a house on fire, my <laughs> friend, mm-hmm. with your no goal scorer pick. That's particularly yeah. sassy, that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, came to fruition, didn't it? <laughs> unfo- but unfortunately, um, Yarmolenko p- p- paid to our um, shout. I think Marcus might have gone for Sebastian Allaire. Was it you? I went for, for uh, Sadio Mane. In oh, the Liverpool maybe it was game. Pete then. Pete went remember. for Marcus Rashford. Did he? That's probably why yeah. then. Who, um, who came off injured? Apparently, so. only 0.08% of customers at Betway managed to combine Jim's no goal scorer pick with the Yarmolenko shout heading, in, heading into the late kickoffs. But Alexander Arnold and John McGinn wiped everyone out. £100,000 <laughs> rollover for next week. So oh, tune in on Friday for our next Betway 4 to score. Um, tips when you when this four to score business came about, I thought that's nice. That is, yeah, I can see it's quite tricky, so <laughs> yeah. hard, yeah, but it's, it's free. Time. So what are you going to do? No, no, of course, <laughs> it's free to play. And what yeah. you can also do if you want is you can you can combine it with having a having a bet on it yourself. You yeah. can just add it to your bet slip and bet on it as well to win some more money if you're that confident in your picks. But we'll be doing some more on Friday. Betway.com forward slash four to score free to play. Pick the first. Goal scorers in the four selected games for a chance to win £100,000. Can't be bad. No, it can't be. Oh, and I also should say we um, we are starting our tour. We are. On Thursday. Thursday. Oh my yes, we're in Hackney. Oh, there, are the tour. There, are a, yeah, there are a handful of tickets left for our Hackney Empire show on Thursday, right at the very back. You don't want to miss it. It's the first show of the tour. Absolutely. After that, we're, in, we're at Alexandra Palace on Saturday the 28th, and then we're heading out mm. across the country. We've got our final rehearsal and preparation on Wednesday, which we're looking forward to. Then we're hitting the stage. We're treading the boards. Oh, yeah. Be there. Oh, yeah. Don't miss it. RambleLive.com to get tickets. If you're listening to this in the US, we're coming to the US on the 5th, 6th, 7th and 8th of uh, as well. November. And Canada, of course. To- Toronto on the 7th, Chicago on the 8th and New York City on the 5th and the 6th. That The place to get tickets for that is exactly the same place. RambleLive.com. Click on the venue you want to come to and we'll see you there. Saturday, This Saturday night... Live with the football round. We're Ali London. Pally. Can you Ali think of anything more marvellous than that, Jim? Rocking out in Wood Green. There's a great kebab shop next to Wood Green Station. There you go. Free kebab for every purchase. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Yeah. That's on Just Pete. asking the kebab yeah. shop. <laughs> we'll get Pete to pay for it and not claim it back. <laughs> yeah, present your live ticket to the kebab man. And, uh, and he's looking at what, what you're talking about. <laughs> take your chances. Have yeah. a go. All right, let's take our chances now. It's emails with yes. Pete D. This may have cost me in the region of 200 pounds. 
email jingle not your man if you'd like to get in touch and get your email read out just email show at footballrambledaily.com to get beat reading it out well done that's my favourite song what a gig play it a little bit indulgent. Um, Pete, you got more value for that. Something we didn't mention last week. That's a far longer jingle for the same yeah, price. Yeah. Exactly. Please, yeah. please, please, no one complained because the jingle will only get longer. I may have uh, uh, also tied in a little bit of audio for the live show. So if you're looking oh. for an exclusive bit of live show content, oh. that's coming at you with RambleLive.com. Um, I Pete, also... It really sounds like you. Yes, yeah, weird that, that. Yeah, it's weird that. I also um, <laughs> gave an interview around the live tour when someone said about you know what makes a good podcast or whatever, and I said, "Oh, I don't like it when I don't like it when podcasts are over an hour long. It feels too in, too self indulgent." Mm. Next week, this this lot started. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, they're going for gold full. Yeah, version. one or the other. It has changed quite a bit. It sounded we described it as Bon Jordi off air. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's growing into more of a stadium rock kind yeah. of. Yeah, big I stuff, think it's yeah. gone. It's got it's got to that phase now when Motley Crue started doing Home Sweet Home and all that kind of like cheesy stadium yeah. stuff mm. um, or even more cheesier than they were anyway Light is in the air Light is in the air people uh, Jeff Dickinson uh, gents I recently learned that Madagascar is actually huge the size of France mm. my high schooler uh, tells me the common oh, wow. misconception is that it has something to do with map projections the only really good map is a globe uh, said his uh, high school teacher uh, thank you very much uh, for Jeff and hoping to make it uh, to the live show in Chicago we'll see you there Jeffles don't uh, hope to make it just Ky- do it <laughs> Kyle looking forward to the show in Toronto my buddies that like podcasts will not become because they don't like will not come because they don't like uh, soccer and my football buddies will not come because they don't like podcasts asked my girlfriend if she'd uh, indulge me and her entire response was definitely not so uh. I'll be there on my lonesome oh. uh, we're beginning a, a campaign for the loners uh, among you to uh, come to ramblelive.com you'll have a lovely time well, shout, drinks after and everything shout out Adam Eastwood who's booked mm. his flight from Denver to Chicago to come see us that's a two and a half hour flight oh yeah we might have a little thing in the bar afterwards in our US and Canada shows mm. seeing who's come the furthest perhaps we'll buy them a drink in return but two and a half hour flight from Denver to Chicago Adam Eastwood yeah. if you can beat that either here or in the US and Canada let us know well, let's, let's bring them miles. a kebab yeah. we'll get them a kebab <laughs> yeah, we'll take that today and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll take it with us it definitely tickle it um, Alex says uh, enjoying the new jingle that's £200 that well spent I only wish there was a way I could donate in a monthly scri- subscription format to fund more jingles <laughs> and get added perks that will let me engage more with the show uh, I think you'll find that's uh, patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily so yes, yes, uh, hello to uh, Zena as well um, Zena uh, Z rather uh, that's uh, the nickname uh, glad to hear there's a lonely ramble live club which I'm enjoying that title mm, the lonely yes. ramble live club mm-hmm. I'll be riding solo at the Ali Pali show this coming Saturday I only started uh, following football properly last year and I'm one of the few people I know who do uh, oh. I now frequently postpone seeing friends if it means I can catch a game down the pub instead I may have a problem <laughs> the, the, the Ramble Live Lonely Hearts Club to do yet another bit of admin is for people who want to come to live shows but mm. don't have anyone to come with Let you, make yourself known on Twitter or Insta or any of our social medias we'll hook you up with other mm. Ramble fans mm. and you can have a bloody lovely time together if all of that fails just grab one of us after the show we'll talk to you we exactly. don't mind uh, not during the together. show though <laughs> <laughs> no, please not during that would be annoying yeah. uh, Kent says uh, with all the talk of attack minded football and goals galore in both domestic and international football is it the perfect time for Keggy to return to top level management yes, with, with yeah, his will score more yeah. than you football the man was clearly uh, ahead of his time that's what Frank Lampard's doing <laughs> well he says uh, if Keegan is not to return I'll just have to settle to Bielsa's leads getting promoted and ripping Frank's uh, shoddy Chelsea defence apart uh, instead uh, hello 
hello to Casper uh, Pluis. Hello, Casper from the Netherlands. Uh, last show you mentioned the Felix Magath um, cheese story, which mm. reminded me of a similar situation in the uh, Dutch Eredivisie. Uh, Vitesse, uh, managed by famous uh, or rather infamous uh, former Hull City manager uh, Slutsky, the big slut. Um, yeah. had you could the, say Phil Brown. Had Lynn their striker. Slutsky. Phil Brown, the big slut. <laughs> the big slut. <laughs> <laughs> big bike slut. Someone did, tweeted, um, so have you seen that, um, have you seen that um, Twitter account? Politicians with footballers' haircuts. Yeah. 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 Someone did Henry VIII with Phil Brown's oh, hair amazing. and Mike's so Mike piece. Incredible. Very good. What did it, look? it looked like Steven Seagal, I thought. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Very much yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they had their, Vitesse had their striker and captain Brian Linson out with an ankle injury and it looked like he was going to be able to play in the next match in the Dutch Cup. In stepped the father of a uh, legendary Manchester United player, Alexander uh, Butner. Uh, he told Linson the only way to get rid of his injury was to spread mustard all over his injured an- ankle. After laughing off the suggestion at first, he decided to give it a go anyway. He played the entire 90 Whoa. minutes. His team took the big slot to the next round of the cup. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Casper from the Netherlands. Alexander Butner. To, to understand the son, you must first look at the father. <laughs> yeah. He's wearing mustard on everything. Yeah. Nice uh, and finally, slot. for now, Alvin says, uh, while watching the Newcastle United versus Brighton game, couldn't help but notice the clash of the eggs in midfield. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jonge and uh, Aaron Moy as well. Got me thinking, were there any other notice, noticeable uh, clashes of eggs in recent football? I'm thinking Zidane uh, against uh, Yapstan, uh, UFA versus Man United in the Champions League semi-final. Oh, good one. Iron Robin against uh, Cambiasso uh, at mm. Bayern and Inter Milan, respectively, in the 2011 Champions League semi-final. And who could forget the two Everton, eggs in Everton battling alongside each other, mm. uh, Carsley and Graveson. Yeah, I think I, I enjoyed the. Uh, there's a, p- a particularly good picture of Aaron Moy and John Joe Shelby. They're like going, mirroring going up each for a other. Aren't yeah, they, they yeah. both got their arms out like they're, <laughs> like they're a pair of vampires. But it it actually reflects the score as well. Yeah. Yes, Goose it eggs. was goalless. Yeah. Sorry mm. to be a stick in the mud, but I'm not sure if Robin had his head shaved in 2011. Marcus. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm not sure. Do you want to? Do, do, do you What's want to take name? on Alvin? Alvin. Alvin. We'll talk about this later. He might have done, actually. He might have done. Might have done. I trust him because his uh, Gmail uh, picture is him uh, at a shrine in Japan. Oh, All right. One so, of your lot, is he, Pete? One of my lot. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get to the show, it's uh, shortfootballravelderly.com. Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you, mm. listeners. Well done. Uh, Liverpool, they kept up their 100% record this season with their 15th straight win in the league uh, beating Chelsea 2-1 at the bridge they're unbeaten in 23 Liverpool which is their longest unbeaten run since 1990 they're impressive although Liverpool uh, rather Chelsea stage a bit of a comeback but uh, I'd like to talk about that Trent Alexander-Arnold goal mm. beauty lovely one he can hit them he can it was it, it, it sort of it was in before it was almost left his foot and he side-footed it as well it reminded, ah. it reminded me of Marcus the only other player I've seen Incredible that goal. hits the ball like that with the side of his foot was Drogba. Drogba did that. Mm, David yeah. Luiz, that free kick for Brazil. Cristiano the... Ronaldo. He was more laces, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. It's quite a lot of players thinking about it. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I mean, Golo Kante's wasn't dissimilar from that in the same. That was a game. scoop. Oh, it's it's a scoop. Kante's. It was such a delightful finish. Marcus, it was a bustle and a scoop. Yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if it was a scoop. It's a bustle and a power scoop. A bustle, a bustle, and a, bustle and scoop sounds like a sort of mid, <laughs> mid-noughties like platform game on a like PS2. No, I mean, it's like an R&B sort of. It sounds like a place you can get a very competitive brunch in like a suburban town. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah, yeah. Mid-nineties, place this into. Get out, um, Jim. I said mid-noughties. He did say mid-noughties. Oh, you said mid-noughties. Sorry, apologies. Yeah. I apologise. Sorry, the mid-noughties. <laughs> yeah. Apologise yeah. again. Mr. Noughties. Call him by his name, Mr. Noughties. Um, um, but yeah, Liverpool, they started well. They did start well. They were 2-0 were, up. The big, the big contention here, though, was this VAR thing again. Oh, yeah. Because it's partly Chelsea's fault, but they, they didn't reset themselves. No. And the goal came along pretty quickly after that. And it was really obviously really poor defending for that Firmino goal. It's obviously an unmarked header. But it's, it's, 
on one hand, I suppose it is quite funny that like a team thinks they've equalised, they have it, and they can see another one. Yeah. But at the same time, you uh, wonder yeah. the, the effect that VAR is having oh, on this game oh, when massively. it doesn't need to. I mean, in the North London derby, when, when Arsenal had the, th- the third goal disallowed, um, obviously Spurs didn't go on to score, but it, it, it sucks the energy out of everything. Mm. And it is that sort of, I think, completely unnecessary pageantry of having it up on the screen and all that that does that. It does affect you more than it used to do if you had a goal disallowed. And it, it, it's a very weird thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I think we're agreed that we're not fans. I would, I would like to share a special um, a special mention for uh, Tamori as well. Yeah. I thought he played very well. I thought he kept Salah pretty quiet around with the players around him. He had, he had Emerson on the left who had to go off injured. Alonso came in at left back, hasn't played an awful lot of football. Kovacic is kind of patchy in my opinion. Mason Mount's a young, inexperienced, um, attacking player. And that's the that's the league's most potent front three, really. I mean, I know Man City won eight 0 but you know that that's that's the team, that's the front three that won the Champions League last mm. season. And I thought Tomori, for a young, inexperienced player, did very very well against Salah. He, he looks a player, doesn't he? he looks really very does. good. Which is great because they need him. Well, that sort of I mean, did he come through the academy? He did come? Yes, through the he academy. did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't seen the likes of that probably since John Terry, really, haven't we? In terms of mm. local players, I know Tomori can play for Nigeria and Canada as well as yes. England, of course, and. I personally hope he chooses England, <laughs> but we'll see how. Imagine if he chose Canada. <laughs> well, he could go. He'd be a legend, wouldn't he? Well, maybe. He'd be, you know. Well, we'll see. Didn't, didn't um, I might have had this wrong, but didn't um, Andreas Christensen come through? As well? Uh, well, yeah. As I yeah. said that, I thought you know you might be right. He came yeah. through, but he went away to Germany on loan, didn't he, for a while? Uh, I think they got him from Bromby, but very, very young. I think he came through the academy at Chelsea right, as well, okay. so he needs a bit of credit as well. Um, but what do we think of Chelsea overall? I mean, they had the chances to. to get a point of course Lampard's lot they I thought they did okay they ultimately lost of course um, but you know Lampard was applauding the fans and a little bit was made about that that the fans the Chelsea fans seem to be a bit patient there yeah. perhaps because it's Lampard well because it's Lampard and also because of the transfer ban I think and the, the mm. young players coming in as well but I, w- this seems to be the narrative around Chelsea every time they, they don't win they're like oh it's okay It was there are, there are a lot of positives to take but you wonder when that's going to run out how long it last but also I mean Roman Abramovich if, if reports are to be believed once entertaining football at Stamford Bridge that's mm. what he's wanted for years and years well he's got it yeah, it yeah. might not be winning football but it's entertaining football mm. they've scored 12 they've conceded 13 yeah. he, he can't they, they, it's early days in his career there obviously but he can't seem to set a team up to function properly without the ball but going forward, they look they look interesting, and and I think now we're only six games in. But you look at a Chelsea game, you're going to go and watch a match, or you're going to watch it on TV. And if they're playing, you, you're starting to think it's going to be an interesting, entertaining yeah. game, and that's that's a great thing. I mean, how how long do you, would you would you give it though? I mean, because if Lampard, if they keep playing like this and they finish say seventh in the league or something like that, it's I think I think that'll be. I think they'll keep. They'll, yeah. they'll be. They'll take. Yeah. I think barring disaster, Lampard will get another season okay. because. You know, the transfer ban is such a huge thing. He's coming in in such odd circumstances. And like I said, unless they finish like 14th or something, which I really don't think they will, then, you know. Sure. So well, another reason why Leicester should be aiming for third. Yes. In another reason. Another, mm. He's one of their own. Yes. As old Frank Lampard. But he could, he, the, the, the Derby were quite poor defensively from what I remember under Lampard as well. So yeah. it's obviously a hallmark of the of, of his type of management at the moment mm-hmm. and he hasn't managed to sort of get that quite right but I mean I don't see why it wouldn't improve I mean they've got good players yeah. and when Rudiger comes back that'll improve them as well I like I like when uh, the Frank Lampard seems to spend his time not going about Tammy Abraham obviously he's had a uh, great start of the season like he's just sort of saying he's, he's not fit enough for the rigors <laughs> of the Premier League I'm like give him a chance his elbow his shoulder almost popped out that's <laughs> when he felt awkward they had to deal with um, oh, yeah, two, yeah, yeah. two players go off didn't yeah, they, for injury mm. uh, quite early on as well. A mm. uh, quick word on Liverpool before we move on. Uh, well, they're good. They're very good, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, 
the way they've started the season has been has been phenomenal, of course. But obviously they're going to be compared to Manchester City for obvious reasons. Now, Man City didn't have Kevin De Bruyne for a lot of last season. Yeah. De Bruyne has probably been the best player in the league so far. I mean, is it sort of swaying anybody's mind if they didn't pick Liverpool? Oh, I suppose we shouldn't say that because we've got the predictions. But is it Liverpool's to lose, Jim, at the moment? Or is that ridiculous I after think, only six games? I think games? after six games, yeah, that, it's right, just too early to say, isn't well, it? We're I mean, a fifth of the way through, almost a fifth of the way through the season. Yeah, all right. Fair. So fair they, they, certainly look, they certainly look the best at it. And also, if you look at the games they've got coming up, um, they, who um, who they played? They played obviously played Chelsea at the weekend. In the league coming up, they're Sheffield United away, Leicester at home, Man United, and then they're Spurs at home. Mm. If they get through those and win all those, mm. I mean that's a, that's I mean, a big statement. It is. Looking at last season, Klopp has probably gone like, look. We have to win every game. <laughs> We've just got to <laughs> yeah. win every game this yeah. season. Yeah. And that way we can guarantee it. All right. Oh, so and get, on with it. Okay, get on Indeed. with it. Mm. Just win them all for crying out loud. How hard can it be? It's very hard, according to Manchester United, of course. Uh, Jose Mourinho, Roy Keane, and Graham Sooners. I love that. All in the same style. I know what they've done there. <laughs> <laughs> with steak knives. <laughs> yeah. Out. After the game, uh, Roy Keane said, I was shocked and saddened by how bad Manchester United were. Jose Mourinho said, I can't find any positives. We were bad last season, but I don't see any improvement this season. And I'm sure he took <laughs> great uh, relish in saying that. Would you like to see um, each one of them in like yeah. a special red button feature? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> given a lump hammer and oh. seeing who comes out of it best. <laughs> Roy Keane. David Jones. <laughs> David Jones straight away is dead. Yeah, yeah Jose Mourinho's not going to last long. Against Roy yeah, Keane no, and David, David Jones has like a heart attack at the thought of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I, no, no, no. I, I don't think so. I think Dave Jones, because um, he's sort of obviously quite smooth, he just casually just sort of sidesteps it and he's away. He's yeah. gone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're all focusing on each other. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. Like, it's like when the Raptors focus on the T-Rex in Jurassic <laughs> yeah. Park. There's probably a panic room right yeah. next to the studio. Just <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jones will be behind the, the, the bulletproof glass. Yeah, how much mess do you reckon he's got? In this <laughs> <room>? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he'll be away. Yeah, um, uh, I, I do think that um, United were poor and, and I tweeted about it saying that it's, they just they seem like a common or garden Premier League team now. Yeah. They're 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 okay if mm-hmm. unspectacular at home. They're dreadful away from home. They haven't won away from home in the league for a very long time. Uh, and the, the biggest takeaway from watching that game at West Ham, who are a decent side, was just no no big deal. It's like yeah. it was like oh, absolutely. They're, they're, they're a better team than Man United. They look like they were anyway. Man United didn't have any urgency, didn't have any snap in midfield, didn't have any kind of plan really. And West Ham showed that once you're over this psychological thing with Man United which which dissipates more and more each season it's not a big deal was, yeah. it, was the free kick the first or the second goal I, I forget second, but either way, second. second yeah so the first one uh, Mark Noble just had the ball at his feet yeah. in, in, in front of the in yard box and he had so much space and honestly he looked confused <laughs> there was no press nobody seemed to give a toss that he had the ball <laughs> and then that led to the goal I was like wow yeah. Yeah. Noble was, like, was excellent by the way <laughs> what, yeah, more of really this was. he was saying but, but you had the space to be didn't you and that, <laughs> did. that's the problem yeah. and what a, what a snapshot of modern Man United that you've got Phil Jones apparently you know slagging the manager in the box <laughs> while the ineffective Ed Woodward tells him off and Man United struggle to break down West Ham in a beige kit yeah <laughs> well I think I mean it's a wonderful picture I think that uh, that was Ed, a funny video Ed wasn't talking to Phil Jones come on yeah. come on of course he was don't Narrative. let the truth get in the way of a good story who was he talking to then uh, the woman next to Phil Jones Darmian really? saying the same thing <laughs> <laughs> it was a chorus that's why you so, can see him off someone off also pointed out that at one point the only fit striker United had was Solskjaer 
Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe maybe this is what it's all been building up to. Is yeah. it and time also for Makeda to come perhaps, on? Perhaps, <laughs> yeah. perhaps he was saying backed in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah backed in the maybe. morning. Maybe yeah. um, sucked. I've well. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who um, knows? It's a great way to start you there. I've seen a few uh, things online and whatnot, people suggesting that Manchester United are essentially, with regards to the, the management of the club, because there's a lot of uh, anger towards how the club is being run, that there, there might be something in that Manchester United are thinking, OK, let's just... Obviously, they've signed big with Maguire and Juan Bissaka and one or two others. They've signed expensive. They've signed expensive. <laughs> so clearly, they're not just... They're, they're not doing... Um, you know, a Mike Ashley. No. But is there is there any suggestion that Manchester United think, okay, let, let's obviously improve the squad and we'll we'll give people the impression that, that we sort of are trying, but realistically they know they're not going to get near Liverpool with Klopp there. They're not going to get near Man City with Guardiola. So for the next sort of two or three seasons, however long that lasts, the rebuilding we'll project. just we'll just keep sort of ticking over. We hope we nick fourth because obviously Champions League football brings in a lot of money. But essentially we just need to wait for a few seasons for them to go well, be, uh, and yeah. then we'll go in now that's what one or two people have suggested I know that you, you, you're you almost in dangerous territory as I well, th- I, the problem I think they've got is I mean it was it was pointed out um, by another pundit I forget who that I'm pointing oh they're going to Solskjaer got, they were in a position where they, it was a mistake they had to make mm. they've got to get it out of the way got to get it done get out of the way someone um, also shared Rare Ferdinand's um Quotes on BT Sport around mm. the time when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was temporary manager, saying essentially summing up the feeling that everyone had: mm. "Ollie's at the wheel. You've got to give him the job. He's done brilliantly." Blah blah blah. Now, clearly, he's not the man to be able to manage this this team under the circumstances at the moment. They've got mm-hmm. no direction off the pitch. Everyone knows about that. The players that they um, ended that game against West Ham with for Man United was was it was farcical, really. Mm. Now I know they've got players out missing through injury, but they don't have the most injuries in the Premier League by any means. So. Teams should have, be had to have to deal with that, and most teams don't spend nine hundred million quid on a squad. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's that's point number one. Point number two is Roy Keane was absolutely correct when he said, if you put another load of jerseys on that team, you wouldn't know they're main United players. Yeah, yeah. The demands they put on themselves aren't big enough; they're not good enough, and the players just simply aren't up to it. And, and in some ways, you can't really blame the players for not being good enough, but you can blame them for not applying themselves yeah. properly. The final point is, go and get Allegri. Go and get Max Allegri. Mm. Go, he's 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 out of a job. He's managed a top club. Yeah. He's shown he knows what it takes to to take care of the demands of a truly big club. And if you want to write this season off, fair enough. If there's some truth to that kind of thing, which veers very close to conspiracy like theory, say, in my yeah. view. No, no, I know you're only reporting yeah. what people are saying. Get it out of the way. Get Allegri in. Get him settled. Give mm. him a full preseason next summer and get him to go again because. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, as nice as a man he is, and he's doing his best, and he loves the club, and people love him, and I get that. I've got no problem with that. But he's not big enough no. to manage a team of that size, and that is the unfortunately the sad reality. And he's certainly not big enough to manage it when he's not got a decent sporting director behind. But him. is that sad reality also perhaps part of the reason that the job just maybe isn't as appealing as it once was to to someone like Allegri? I know? think it's more appealing. You think it's more appealing because, because it's a rebuilding project because of it. Yeah, because I mean you're gonna be a legend there. Couldn't yeah, you? I suppose you're absolutely right about the the, the board level being the problem. It's like how much dead wood would. Sorry, how much dead wood could could actually do his job? (laughs) That is not a Man United squad, is it? It really, really doesn't feel like it. So they've they've got players, the players who potentially could be available for them if they weren't injured or otherwise unavailable that could have played uh, the weekend. Sure. I mean, Baye probably would some maybe feature, but I mean, it feels like he wants to play Maguire and Lindelof anyway. Yeah. Um, Martial, Pogba uh, and um, Rashford. 
I mean, he started the game and went off injured. Yeah, they've still got Pogba to come back. What happened with Pogba? What's no, going I, on? No idea. His listeners doubtful. Well, weirdly doubtful. They need a midfielder. About his, yeah, about they, his they, mindset. They <laughs> need a midfielder like Mark Noble to run that midfield. I'm telling well, you. Well, good on West Ham, by the way, because they the, the biggest the biggest credit you can give them is to say Aaron Questwell has got a hell of a kick on him. He had a sighter, but he had another <laughs> he one. Did. That's all nice. I need. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> but the biggest compliment you can pay West Ham is they brushed Man United aside like it was no big deal, mm-hmm. yeah. and that is a sad indictment of what United. Pellegrini, they're in a great been. spot at the moment. West Ham, they're going under the radar a little bit. Well, when when you see Pellegrini going about his business, now I know he probably wouldn't go to Manchester United, but a manager like that. Might not go amiss there. It is, it is mad that West Ham objectively have a better manager than Man United do. Well, they do have a better manager, isn't it? Mm. Like? Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. So did Newcastle not that long ago. <laughs> Roadies. Um, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Very quickly, Jim, because mm-hmm. you've been very patient. What a uh, comeback from Arsenal against yeah. Aston Villa. It, what, it, what a strange game in which Arsenal managed to beat, not Aston Villa, but themselves, I think. Yeah. Um, such a topsy-turvy game. You've got to feel for Villa fans as well. Um, Dean that... Smith couldn't believe that they didn't win the match. I know. He's absolutely Neither right. can I. Neither can anyone <laughs> in the stadium. Like, it, was, it, was a, it was a strange one and, and just the worst of Arsenal, but also some, some of the best of Arsenal as well. The, the characters come back. And I don't know what it is, but around, I think about 55 minutes, Matteo Guendouzi at home becomes the best player <laughs> on earth. Like, he just... It, it, he takes games by the scruff of the neck and like he did it a little bit last season but we're seeing him really really do it to to an effective degree at home this season that away form is still going to be a problem but uh yeah, again, so impressed with him. So impressed with Aubameyang. He keeps digging us out, keeps digging Emery out as well. But do you think Guendouzi, he feels bad for the first half performance and he gets revved up by that he thing? He just hates losing. Right. I, and that's a great trait to have. I, I think Arsenal under under the radar, to use your term, Jim, uh, in terms of the weirdest team in the Premier League. Oh, right? without <laughs> doubt. You look at the raw... St- I didn't see this game. It wasn't on TV, obviously. I, I haven't seen it. But you look at the raw stats of the game. Mm. Arsenal, at home to a promoted team. Seven yellow cards... <laughs> They bring on Callum Chambers for an otherwise attacking player yeah. um, who scores, who a, lovely, scores yeah, a lovely finish. One of their players gets sent off when they're two. Is it when they're two one, one down? One, no, no, one nil down. When they're one, one nil, nil down. down, they come back to win three two. I mean, Gwen Doozy yeah. tears all over that. Like, Someone's got a mad scorched earth policy. <laughs> yeah, and just takes everyone with him. It's, it's, a, it's a mad yeah. thing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Ainsley Maitland-Niles gets sent off at one nil. Um, at, Callum Chambers comes on to replace him in the second half and that somehow costs Villa the game. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to save this for later, actually, um, but I I think I'll I'll just dive in two-footed now. A friend of mine uh, is is an Aston Villa fan. He was at the game and Aston Villa fans are an underrated, put-upon group of fans. They have have such a sort of like um, almost gallows humour about their team. And and my friend Paddy was in the the away, away end and he left the game when uh, Arsenal were awarded the free kick. Not when, not when it went in, when they were awarded the free kick. It was like, I know where this is going. Left as he's leading the stadium. Here's the roar, like, yep, yeah, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he was proven right by that. Oh, poor Villa. I hope they stay up. Poor bugger. My, uh, my thing to bring to the table of, of, of weird stuff, it t- yes. t- chimes into I know something you want to talk about, Marcus, is... Um, is the policeman in the, in the Edinburgh derby. Oh, well, have, you, have you seen it? Have you mentioned the Edinburgh derby? Then I'm in all ears. Yeah. Um, when um, Hart scored, <laughs> he was pictured behind the goal, giving it a big pump in the face. Like that, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he suddenly remembers where he is and stops. <laughs> is that, is that right? <laughs> it's brilliant, yeah. <laughs> Derbies are great for that. And I'm saying that now because tomorrow, Pompey, you're going to get pumped by Southampton. They are, yeah. yeah. I want me to enjoy it. Did you Pumping. see Southampton over the weekend? Did you see Portsmouth over the weekend? <laughs> hey. The a South Coast derby was all right for Bournemouth, wasn't it? First win at St Mary's. Could be yeah. a Norwich, uh, sorry, could be a Watford uh, Man City result. 
Oh, you could God, hammer them. Imagine. You wouldn't want imagine to. Wounded that. animals on imagine that. Or you could go 1 0 down and then come back and win 2 1 like the Hearts did against the Hibs. Or we could go 1 0 down, have a chance to equalise, and then lose 8 0. <laughs> yeah. Or you could go 1 0 down, have a man sent off, then equalise, then e- e- immediately concede again and then score two. Anything like normal teams. Anything, anything's possible. But the important thing is Hearts are off the bottom. Yeah. All right. Just you know what he said the other week, Craig Levine? And we're going to finish with this. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Is when they were bottom of the league. Terrible start of the season. He went, oh, but we're only six points or fourth. Or... <laughs> Fair point, it's a fair point. It's a fair point, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the Ramble on Football Ramble That was Daily. Premier League heavy, but a lot happened. Mm. Well, a lot happened. We Sorry, Football League fans. But, yeah. You know, as I, I am one of them, so uh, mm. so to leave off. Uh, so so Thursday night, Hackney Empire. Luke, say goodbye quick. Pete, goodbye. say goodbye. Jim, say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. Ah! RambleLive.com This was a Stakhanov production. I've just realised if we run out of time, we can just carry on talking yeah, exactly. after that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. talk about uh, Southampton uh, Bournemouth. <laughs> Dan Scott left back. No, thank you. <laughs> come to come to Hatley Empire, I have to say, uh, and come to Alexandra Palace because Marcus put the running order in my inbox yesterday mm. and it made me laugh so much. Thanks very much. And I'm going to be in it. So imagine what it's going to be like for people who've paid to be there. Not mm. as funny probably because they've paid. You'd but still come. <laughs> RambleLive.com. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money.